This is probably a thing you guys are used to by now. But if I hear I'm on cloud nine one more time, I'm going to punch a hole through my TV. You could frame it and call it fragile masculinity. Hey, slut. Hey, whore. Speaking of terms that were just so casually thrown in around tonight, I have the dumbest hoe I've ever met in my life on tonight on the pod. Please welcome newest Bachelor Nation fan and has already made himself a chief correspondent, Mr. Jake Capelli. Hi, Emily. Hi, Kayla. Oh my God, you can totally tell he listens. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) A man who listens to us? The fan energy that's radiating from Jake right now is like just boosting my ego just enough. We, yeah, we decided guys to do something incredibly against mine and Emily's brand. And we decided that we wanted to hear a man's thoughts and what man better to start with than Mr. Jake Capelli. Jake, how the hell are you? I'm great, but I do not know the steps I took to find myself in this predicament, but I'm happy to be here. I will say that. Not all of you know Jake, and that's fine, but one thing that you should know about Jake is that he's incredibly persistent, and when he found out that we were hosting a Bachelor podcast, he said that he wanted to be a guest, and we brushed it off for a few weeks, and then I told him that he could be on it as a guest, and all he had to do was watch the one episode and come on and recap it with us, and he rose to the occasion, and over the last week, he has surpassed all expectation and he's watched the entirety of Matt James's season and I've gotten texts through it all that have been gold honestly from someone who's never watched this show before I'm blown away I mean listen I have to agree with everything you guys say in the past podcast that the show is trash it's 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 trash (laughs) but it's hot trash it pulls you in right away from the first episode I'm going to need you when we're done recording to go ahead and text my boyfriend that exact sentiment because he's going to have to watch it with me for two weeks. And I really sense that he's going to try to get out of it. So just shoot, shoot him over a text when this is done. I think I've lost Ben's friendship from being on this podcast, but I mean, hey, it's price you pay. Same. Anyway, guys, so we kick off the episode right from the top with Matt making it sound like Sarah died. He tells the other girls that he is sad, but somebody left us last night, and it sounds like she's passed away. Honestly, some of the girls are so fucking horrific, they probably would have preferred that. They're all horrible, is what we learned today. In addition to me learning that American Idol is still on air, we learned that every girl on this season is absolute trash except Katie. We start off, we get the infamous Anna preview of her talking about a sex worker with her teeth bared. We go to the girls and basically they're all deciding that they want to talk shit about Sarah, even though she's already gone. And Katie is the only person who is like, hey, stop, question mark. Katie, honestly, in the Sarah situation probably was the most wronged, but Katie also seems to be the only person with half a brain. And I get it. It's a very high stakes environment. Like they're living together for for all these weeks, no access to phones, like nothing like that. Like they are just stuck with each other's company. And like, I understand getting stir crazy and I understand getting driven crazy by being around the same group of girls all the time. But at the same time, they're turning into fucking monsters. It was honestly very predictable that Victoria was going to say something. And you know, what she said was the trash took itself out. 
And of course, Katie, my girl, stood up for Sarah and, and she said her words and she kind of dragged uh, Victoria a little bit, which I very much appreciated. That's our girl, Katie. We get the end of last week's like group date. It, it's, it's cut very weird. We get the end of last week's group date. Something I don't want to skip over is that A, we really get the first thing of MJ talking to Matt and we see that they have a connection which we have seen none of up until this point point. and then most notably from the end of that group date is we get uh Chelsea and Matt time and this only cemented that if I were Matt James I would pull a Claire Crawley end the show early and leave with Chelsea she started talking about the emotional journey of black women with their hair the anxiety she had over her hair for years and the inevitable decision to shave it which uh, like I'm gagged every time she's on screen she looks so fucking good even in the picture where she had hair she still looked gorgeous and I would agree with you that if he pulled if Matt James pulled a Claire and just ran off with her I'm fine with it I love how Jake did not watch The Bachelorette but he understands the terminology (laughs) (laughs) I know Claire sucks Quick note, Chelsea was one of the girls that I couldn't tell if he was, if his eyes were open when he was kissing her. That's one girl. Okay. Well, couldn't tell is better than definitely open. So we will take that. The one thing that I will give a crumb of credit and I don't give the Bachelor franchise credit is that they uh, aired this. It's such an important conversation about black women and their hair. They're airing things more and more that are just so important for young people to see. I mean, it's important for anyone to see these conversations because as white women, like I don't think twice about my hair, you know, and and it's not even something I would think of. So it's, it's important for us and for everyone to be able to see these conversations and kind of understand and hear where she's coming from. And it was just like a really beautiful conversation. And we love Chelsea. I mean, I would do absolutely anything for her. She's sickening. Like a black woman talking about the emotional journey of her hair and stuff like that. Like you said, like as white women, we don't think twice about it. And like, I think those conversations are so important to air, especially because the key demographic of the show still is predominantly white women. So that's the conversation with Chelsea. And then we go into one of my absolute favorite parts of the episode when Victoria tries to come for Katie. This is the thing with Victoria. She starts with a thread of something that makes sense. Like Victoria started with Katie by saying, I don't appreciate that you kept cutting me off when we were talking as a group. She's wrong, but that's a fine thing to feel and say. And then she starts a lot of conversations like this by saying one sentence of something that's decently credible. And then just, it all goes away rapidly. She gets hit with some logic and something that makes sense. Like from Katie, when Katie was like, I will not apologize and went into it. And then Victoria will respond with, well, I just didn't appreciate it. And I would really appreciate an apology. Victoria's argument here was basically you telling me not to bully Sarah was bullying. And I don't like that you bullied me for bullying was literally her argument. Yeah. And Katie was like, no. And Victoria, the, the Republican energy that this had, let me just say. <laughs> The Republican energy that I had that was like, you not wanting me to oppress people is oppressing me. That had big posing with a Trump flag on Instagram energy. So Katie basically shuts it down because she's an emotionally intelligent queen. And she basically just says, um, Victoria, if you feel that it's rude that I asked you to stop bullying people who aren't even here, then uh, like, I'm not going to apologize to you for that. Then we move into the cocktail party before the rose ceremony. We see something 
very sexual in this next moment. We see one of the sexiest things I've ever seen on this show. We see Victoria in a blue sparkly gown with black kitten heels and a white fur puffer. I wrote down that I cannot take Victoria's big coat seriously. And then I was like, okay, she's going for a look. Like, I don't get it, but like, fine. And then they panned down from her like baby blue dress to her like black kitten heels. And I was like, sister girl, like do yourself a favor. (laughs) Victoria makes a giant scene out of telling us that she's going to pull Matt before Anna does. Uh, Neither of them pull Matt and he asks to talk to Piper. So we see his conversation with Piper who we have literally seen, I would say eight seconds of screen time from, but Matt James knows all about her. He knows about her mom. He knows about her sisters. He knows all about her. He was listing off these things and I was like, I don't know this stuff about her whatsoever. (laughs) I literally looked at my roommate because we watched together and I was like, have we ever seen them talk? Piper is kind of an underrated queen. So, which we only learned this episode. We had never seen her. We were like, who? Like I always would see her at rose ceremonies. And I was like, I don't know who that is. Like, I don't, I don't remember. And then episode I was like oh Piper okay she's kind of an icon not gonna lie I'm glad you said Emily because I really like Piper especially from this episode I mean we like we like you said we didn't see that much of her in the past but I even wrote down a note like there at one point her makeup just looked bomb as hell like it looks so good Jake is the first person to notice people's highlight (laughs) literally (laughs) it's the first thing he notices like if I send Jake a snapchat I could literally have a tornado happening behind me and he would be like your highlight like it is the first thing that he notices so jake will be critiquing on makeup if he sees fit some of the looks we are seeing this season are just egregious so please as our makeup be our makeup um analyst and just talk about why i like to be positive about you know women how they look and whatnot i'm not gonna shame them for how they look or what they cannot do uh naturally to their looks but i mean in the conversation before with Vic. Victoria and Katie. Katie looked bomb. She looked incredible. And as usual, like Victoria just did not care. Like no makeup, no concealer, nothing. I'm like, girl, do you know you are going to be on national TV? I will never forget in my, for as long as I live in college, Jake was doing a show and he, I, he didn't, his car wasn't on campus or something. And I had to take him to CVS to get makeup for his show. And I suggested a foundation to him. And Jake goes, I'm not going to look cakey on stage. (laughs) (laughs) This is a man who knows. Anyway, um, the next thing I want to ask Jake's opinion on, because this is something that we disagreed wildly on. I do not like Kit. She's less annoying to me now than she was night one. But Jake is like a Kit girl. Like, (laughs) Uh, I liked Kit at first. I mean, her her first fit. Uh, just very, just very much disappointed me, but I looked past it because I was like, I don't know much about her. Her, her fits trash, but we'll get, we'll, we'll see what we know about her. And she had a confidence to her that I really liked. Like I remember she, when Victoria came out, she was like, "You can be queen or whatever, but I'm king and CEO," and that's the confidence I like. But then she just came out with another trash fit this this episode that reminded me of a kindergartner. And I'm like, come on, dude. But Jake, did you – I know you listen to the pod, so you probably know, but her mom is a famous fashion designer. Oh, I know. I heard that part, and I was like even – now I'm even more disappointed. Now my day is ruined, okay? So Chris Harrison, this is where the episode gets turned on his head. Chris Harrison comes up to Matt, 
who is talking to Victoria and he pulls her from Victoria and you know that he waited until Matt was with Victoria to do it just to start shit. I wrote that down. Yeah, you know for a fact he waited. So he comes and pulls Matt from Victoria and Victoria goes back into the house and tells all the girls and this makes them all believe that Sarah is coming back. They're all like, that's what it has to be. Sarah has to be coming back. Um, and that is not the case. I, I gotta say, what are your guys' thoughts on five new women joining? I was thrown for a loop. I mean, I don't know if that's a usual thing in Bachelor. From my knowledge, it's not. No, and so not, on, no. I, I mean, they said it was a record-breaking amount of women who uh, applied for this season. Rest in peace, Emily Crabbin, being on this season of The Bachelor. So this is a big question that people who are kind of newer are always like, do they usually do this? And we're always like, no. But like the truth of it is they always add something weird. And um, this was what they decided to do. I don't know why. We already have the most egregious group of women ever. We don't need to add more drama to it. And I feel bad for these girls because it's not like they were like, I would like to be one of the five that gets sent in late. I would be willing to bet that they thought they were showing up on regular night one and got told at the last second. I've got some hot takes on them, but some of them don't even matter because they didn't stay past night. Well, well, actually, I guess only one went home, but Victoria asks a question that I think warrants an explanation because what she asked makes sense, but only if you know a lot about The Bachelor. She asks if they're the backups and something she, they, they edit it to look like she's just being insulting when they're like, oh, are you the backups? But that's a real thing. So basically when they film a season, typically they'll bring in one or two extra contestants that stay in the hotel room up until night one, even pre-COVID, there's always backups in case somebody backs out, somebody can't do it, somebody, whatever, they send in backups. With COVID, they've actually had to enlist more backups in case people test positive for COVID and can't film. So with both Claire's season of The Bachelorette and this season of The Bachelor, there have been like six or seven backups cast that have quarantined in the hotel room with the rest of the cast in case somebody else tests positive, they go in. So what her question was, was a decently legitimate question. But if you don't know that about the way that the show works, it sounds, I mean, it was offensive. She said it offensively, but it makes more sense with the context behind it. That being said, she's a monster. I I feel like she wanted to mean it meanly. Uh, rather than like honestly for sure like if Abigail had been like are you guys the backups I would have been like oh sweet baby angel she's just curious did you guys catch that one Brittany one of the new uh, women came in to steal Matt (laughs) Victoria goes have fun with and then cuts herself off her like she was gonna call her something I was like oh man Victoria just just keep keep it coming please yeah, she's like, wait, 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 not in front of my man. I have to look chaste. Michelle is the one that we later see a one-on-one with. And you can tell immediately that he likes her. Brittany makes out with him like on site, which as Emily and I have talked about, we really do not like when they do that. We think it's gross. And I think if this were the bachelorette and a guy just got out of the limo and kissed Claire or Tasha or whatever, that's like predatory and it doesn't make it okay just because Matt is a man. Brittany goes inside and she's the first one that they meet who's one of the new ones and Victoria's super rude to her and then she sits down and they go how did you greet him and she says I made out with him and Serena P chugs her drink. 
the side of the camera. And I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but I was cackling. I was like, you fucking queen. She literally said, oh. And then, yeah, we meet the rest of them. Obviously, Michelle gets a great cut. The music changes changes when she walks up. So you're like, okay. Front runner. <laughs> Front runner cut. And then Catalina comes in and is like a pageant queen. Former Miss Puerto Rico. When Victoria is like, you're wearing a tiara. I'm Queen Victoria. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And then Victoria is like, can I have your tiara? And all of the girls who are, have been there are like, Victorian, Victoria, no, Victoria, no, Victoria, no. They're all mumbling like, oh God. And then Victoria puts her tiara on and then like takes it off, but doesn't give it back to her and just puts it down on the table. Like, as if she's like, well, if I'm not the queen, none of us are the queen. The one thing I do want to point out about Kim, who was the only one of the of the five that came in to go home, in Kim's little description box, it said that she is an ICU nurse. And I have questions here. We brought it up with Noah on The Bachelorette. And like, I know that we have listeners of this podcast that are nurses, like Jake's lovely girlfriend. If I'm being offensive, like, please tell me no. Nurses are lovely people and I, they are worthy of love. And I want them to go on The Bachelor and find that love when it's not a fucking global pandemic. Like, why are you here? Noah is still taking time off. He's making TikToks all the time. <laughs> What's your schedule like, my guy? Why are you constantly on my For You page? I just think about all the like nurses that I know right now that like can't get more than 12 hours off. And I'm like, how are all these people taking weeks off to go on The Bachelor? Like maybe save it for next year. I don't know. So that was my qualm about Kim, but she doesn't make it past this evening. So I guess it's no longer an issue. She got about 35 seconds of screen time and we were like, okay, well, we'll miss you, queen. Matt James, he likes to kiss. He's kissing all the girls and I'm fine with it. He likes to kiss with his eyes open. Which is very scary, but except as if it wasn't obvious enough that Victoria is a producer plant, he will not kiss Victoria. Like every time they're together, he'll like hug her goodbye or he'll just get up and leave. He will not kiss her. And I think it's so funny because like usually when someone is producer planted, the lead is like a little bit better at hiding it. But like Matt James just straight up doesn't fucking like her. Did you notice that how mad he was? Like slightly mad he was when after the new girls came in, Victoria was like, can we continue our convo? And he was like, oh yeah, sure. And he just looked so pissed for like a split (laughs) second. And I loved it. (laughs) Love that like in editing, they were like, keep it, keep it, keep it. (laughs) They were like, we have to make sure they know he hates her, but we don't want them to know that we chose her. And you're like, you're not you're not doing a good job balancing that, I gotta say. So then we go to the rose ceremony and roses go to MJ, Piper, Bree, Maggie, Michelle, who is new, Mari, Ryan, who is new, Kit, Serena C, Abigail, Katie, Victoria, Lauren, Brittany, who is new, Jesenia, Anna, Catalina, who is new. And the most shocking thing in all this for me, we knew Kylie was going home. We haven't seen any of her, but the most shocking thing to me was Kayla going home because he seemed like he really liked her. I like Kayla too, but I mean, RIP Kayla. Um, I will say that I, I yelped and jumped for joy when uh, MJ made it. I'm still an MJ stand, still love her and her big hair. Glad she's still in it. That was one of the things. There was two things I wanted this episode to MJ to advance and for uh, more quotes from Victoria. And I got both. So I'm happy. 
see i'm the opposite i go into these episodes like i hope that victoria doesn't speak and you know what god shits on me yes after the rose ceremony i was also surprised that he sent kayla home i was not that surprised about kylie like you said like it happens we didn't really see a lot of her but after the rose ceremony we see a lot of like the mighty are falling like they are dropping like flies like sarah was the mighty and she kind of fell before she went MJ no offense Jake cover your ears I know you're an MJ stan MJ kind of falls this episode she's a little bit of a mean girl this episode I never liked Anna she gave me a weird vibe but people did like Anna and now she's like totally a bully and you know what I'm not gonna lie she's still my queen and I think she just had a moment of weakness but even Chelsea gets a little mean at the end of the episode and I did not like it she scoffed she scoffed she scoffed at Katie and I was like I do not like that Chelsea turn this shit around Hey guys, if I sound really excited about this one, it is because I totally am. Today we are featuring mind and found jewelry. Designer Jen Bresnan believes that living a full life can only be achieved by living a life full of color. No mind and found jewelry is too dressy for day-to-day wear. In fact, can a gorgeous piece of jewelry not make an ordinary day more beautiful? They are playfully elegant and brightly colored in nature and luxuriously wearable. You can expect an array of candy-like gemstones and precious metals. Mind and found is inspired Inspired by the joy and emotion that color evokes in each of us and the confidence that a sparkling talisman can bring to its wearer. They are handcrafted with love in Ridgefield, Connecticut, and we are going to be featuring their newly launched Sweeties collection. It is a big kid and no mess version of the time-honored candy bracelet. Bright and fun polymer clay beads are juxtaposed with fine jewelry-inspired elements, including pave set beads and high shine enameled charms. Wear one, pair with existing faves, or layer them on. I have a few of her bracelets from her Kenzie collection, which are also available on her website, and I am obsessed. I wear them almost every day. I combine them with other bracelets that I have with my watch. They add a pop of color to every outfit and I get so many compliments on them. And because Jen is so kind and the best, she has launched a discount code for you guys that you can use through February 15th for 10% off your order. So if you go to the Mind and Found website and use code 10 for intelligence, so that's 10104FOR intelligence for 10% off your orders. It is awesome. Her jewelry is so high quality and so beautiful. So please, please, please go check her out. Then we go to our group date, which is Mari, Brie, Abigail, Brittany, Ryan, Catalina, Maggie, Anna, Victoria. And the group date is I is co-hosted by Ben Higgins. Ben Higgins was The Bachelor five years ago, and he was beloved. Like, everybody loves Ben Higgins. He's a sweetheart. But, like, they bring him back every goddamn season to do something. And I don't understand why. Like, he has a very full life and career. Why does he keep coming back? I'm so confused. He's also not with the person he chose on the show. So it's like, they always do this. They're like, you should come back. And it's someone who is not with the person that they ended up with. And you're like, okay, I don't, all right. 
Right. And then they literally shit on Ari, who is like still with Lauren and they have three kids. Rightfully, I hate his guts. Also, this group date is huge because we literally have more girls than we started last episode with. We have so many girls now because they added girls and they didn't get rid of that many. Is this season ever going to end in 2028? Will we still be watching Matt James choose his soulmate? I need to know. I thought they were going to add like one or two and they added five and I was like, Jesus Christ, I have to watch the show longer now. It's going to go on forever. It's going to go on for forever. It's going to go on until our age demographic is eligible for the COVID vaccine, which might be in 2025. <laughs> what is really frustrating about this is that, Jake, I know you didn't watch Tasha's season, but what's really frustrating about this is that they gave Tasha for the most part, Claire's leftovers. And thank God Zach C happened to be in Claire's leftovers, but like they literally give her Claire's leftovers and five seconds to film a season. And then they give Matt James 46 women. I don't understand and I don't like it. Basically, the group date is co-hosted by Ben Higgins, even though we see 0% of him. Actually, we see more of him than we see of Wells later, but we still see next to none of him. And the Fall in Love Fest competition is a weird race thing that starts with rowing boats across a lake, a foot race in a squirrel costume, digging for an acorn in leaves, and then a foot race. The first part is not boats. They are in gourds. They are in pumpkin boats. They are giant pumpkins, like hollowed out pumpkins, or they're supposed to be. What was the reason? Put them in a paddle boat. Let them have a normal boat. And so poor Maggie is like stranded on the edge of the fucking swamp. Like, how do I get out of this shit? And they're like, Maggie, are you okay? And she's like, no, I can't row. Like, I don't really know. I'm in a pumpkin. Like, why am I in a pumpkin? I was taking notes and I looked up and they were in gourds on water. I felt so bad. I, I will say I felt bad for Maggie, but I'm glad she took it with stride. She was just laughing about it. And she's like, all right, I'm just not going to make it to the next stage of this crabby challenge. Thank God it was like someone with a sense of humor that was able to laugh. Okay, so Anna was a total mean girl this episode. We're not big fans of Anna right now. That being said, when she looked at the camera and was like, I hit Britney's acorn. That was fucking funny. And they make it seem like whoever wins this race is going to win a really cool prize. And Mari ends up winning and they give her a trophy and they say, these nuts are yours. <laughs> and it's a trophy with acorns on it. And then I don't think she got any other prize. Like she didn't get any more alone no. time with Matt. She didn't get anything. She didn't get the rose. She didn't get the first like five minutes with him. She got nothing except the nuts trophy. I joke about going on the show, but I actually could never go on the show because the second they're like, dress as a squirrel and dig for nuts. I'd be like, I am self-eliminating right now on this group <laughs> and I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going home to my silly little podcast to talk about my experiences. And I'm going to tell them everything. And I'm going to owe you guys a million dollars because I violate my contract and I don't even give a fuck. Do not ask me to dress up as a squirrel. That's ridiculous. Then we go to the dinner portion of the date and Matt grabs Anna first and we see something that is like my least favorite thing when any girl does because Anna's not awkward. Anna is a strikingly beautiful, like social person. And then she gets in front of Matt and she goes, so something about me is that I'm like really awkward. Bitch, no, you're not. Like, I hate when women do that and they like undermine their own personalities and their own it, like it's something that mostly women do. I guess some men probably do it too, but like women do it almost to like dilute their personalities for men. An awkward girl would not go spreading rumors that another girl in the house is an escort. 
Like that is, and then confront her about it in front of all the other girls. Like that is not something an awkward girl would do. You're not awkward. You're just tacky. She's like, I'm so awkward. Okay, now that that's a code word for bully, um, let's proceed. It's so annoying when when women do this. I'm oh awkward turtle. I'm just so uncomfortable in social situations. No, you're not. You have no trouble socializing with the other girls and telling them all this shit about Brittany who you don't even know. And suddenly you get in front of Matt and you're like, I don't know what to say. He's the guy that you were supposed to be so jealous over. You're supposed to be so mad at all these other women for coming in and stealing him from you. And you don't even have a word to say to him. I, I have to say, I kind of felt bad for Brittany. Like Katie said, the way that Anna just came right at her. And and it's not like Brittany came back at her. I was on the offensive. She was like, okay, wow. I, I You guys are spreading rumors like that? Great. Yeah. And I also wish when Brittany came up and tried to pull him from Anna, I wish that Matt would put his foot down more when contestants try to do that because like he pulled Anna, he wanted to talk to Anna and then Brittany came and interrupted and he like left Anna to fight for herself on that. Like, I just feel like this is where I say my problems with Matt James are like, he's just very indecisive and he's kind of meek when it comes to certain situations. And I wish that he would say, to the woman trying to interrupt, like, hey, I'm looking forward to talking to you. I'll come get you in a few minutes when we're ready. Because it puts the women in such an awkward spot. You're absolutely right. Because, I mean, I'm a bachelor version. I don't know much about the norms. But, and I like I like Matt first coming in, but you're right. Like, I'm starting to notice some things that I don't like about him. For example, like, we've had a lot of girls who step in while he's talking to someone he likes. And he should be like, Hey, like you said, I I'll come get you. Like I want to look, I want to talk to you, but I'm having a conversation right now. Can you give me some time? And the girls would listen, right? They would listen to him. They're not gonna like listen to each other. I mean, we saw with Katie and Sarah last week. Like, they're not as inclined to be like, "Oh, you're right, girl. Let me give you your time." <laughs> no, if he says it, they'll be like, "Okay." Sure. So then we get probably the most controversial part of the episode, which is when Anna basically outs Brittany on a baseless rumor. And she says that they are both from Chicago. Uh, I guess the nightlife scene in Chicago is fairly small. I don't know how much I believe that because Chicago is a major city, but alas, she says that Chicago is very small and she has gotten messages from multiple people telling her to watch out because allegedly she is a quote escort. There are a few things wrong with this. The first of which being that the year is 2021 and it is time to destigmatize sex workers. And I'm not saying Brittany is one. This is a baseless rumor that was started, but even if she were grow up, who the fuck cares? It is not your business to out it on national television and make it into this like shameful thing. So that's the first thing. And Anna claims, and what I think she's trying to say is because she's a sex worker, because she's an escort, she will not be a good match for Matt. How do you know that? Have you asked Matt? No. Like you are speaking for him. You are speaking for, oh, this isn't going to be good for him. And that's what always drives me crazy on this show is when women are like, she's not right for him. And they have no idea because it's not their business and it's their relationship with him is their business and no one else's. And not to mention the conversation surrounding this spurs a whole line of just very casually thrown around slut, whore, hoe bag, 
I can't even believe that that is a thing that people still feel comfortable saying about women, especially other women, not to like go so, you know, millennial 2004 mean girls on everybody, but like literally calling each other sluts and whores makes it okay for men to call you sluts and whores. It starts with how women treat other women. And the fact that Victoria and Anna are so casually knowing that they are on national television, like they are so comfortable being like, oh, whore. About a girl that they don't even know. They're not joking. She's not their friend. They're not saying it in a way that's lighthearted. They're literally saying this about someone that they do not know who Anna is like claiming she knows about, quote unquote. She knows nothing about her. She just wants drama. She's jealous that this girl came in late and is probably getting more attention than her. She's taking out the jealousy by being super inappropriate and spreading rumors about her and slut shaming. Even if these weren't rumors, even this, if this was cold, hard fact, it doesn't matter. Shaming someone for the job they have is horrible. Unless it's Queen, which is Queen Victoria's <laughs> occupation technically on the show. And you can shame her for that because that's ridiculous. I know there's probably like a lot of cringy moments you can argue for in the show, but like you said, it's just when they're throwing around, they're calling her a whore and shaming her to be an escort. It's like, that's the biggest cringe moment for me so far. It's, it's I couldn't watch it almost. I'm like, maybe I could fast forward through this little bit between Anna and Victoria because this just doesn't look right. I can't watch the shit. Yeah, it's it's it was hard to watch, especially because I literally felt like I was watching Mean Girls. Like I felt like I was watching a movie in 2004 where it was like, it was never okay, but where it was like, quote, okay to say those things about people. And I'm like, I cannot believe I'm watching this episode in 2021. That's disgusting. I almost wish the producers hadn't kept it all in for purposes of protecting her, for protecting Britney. But at the same time, I'm glad that they kept it in because people deserve to know that that's how Anna and Victoria are talking about people. And if they feel shamed and embarrassed, then good, they should. But basically, it wraps up. He gives Brie the rose, which was good because it kind of looked like it was going to be between her and Brittany. And I'm pretty sure if he'd given it to Brittany, then they would have set the colon on fire. Even Victoria was like, I'm so glad the rose went to one of the OGs. Also, if I heard the phrase OGs one more time this episode, I almost threw my phone out the window. I was so annoyed. One of my favorite things about this episode is Victoria... Or just in general this season is Victoria flipping back and forth between making fun of the ogs sorry kayla and also like attacking the new girls like what do you like make up your mind do you like the old girls or are you just gonna hate on them or what it's literally just like oh you hate women it doesn't matter if they're (laughs) new or old you hate them what the fuck what's gonna make you happy babe before we leave the group date though uh something absolutely horrendous happens and anna decides to call out britney on the rumors about her in front of all the other girls so in case all the other girls hadn't already heard the rumor because anna who's so awkward and shy hadn't already told all of them she decides to ask britney about it in front of all the other girls which not only puts Brittany in the very uncomfortable spot of having to defend herself against something that isn't true, but it also puts her in a very uncomfortable spot because you can tell that Brittany is trying to not be offensive to sex workers. And you can tell she's doing everything she can to not be offensive. And Anna's just sitting there leading with her fucking teeth as always staring at her. This is not a comment on Anna's appearance. She's obviously beautiful. She has perfect teeth, but it's the way that she talks with them but it's also the things she says and everything about her and she's fucking mean and a bully 
and I'm bullying her right now, but she'll never hear this probably. So we go into Michelle's one-on-one. There's not a whole lot to say about it until the night portion, which is when we kind of really start to see their connection. But basically it's a cute one-on-one. I will just say that during the day part, it was the most fun Matt has ever been. She made him not boring. They were in a hot air balloon. They went zip lining. They were doing this questionnaire thing. And it was like, how many kids do you want? And both of them said three at the same time. And Michelle was like, oh my God, we're done. It's all set. Like whatever. It was the most fun I've seen him the whole season. And I was like, okay, Michelle's your soulmate. Next question. You can tell he was comfortable because he closed his eyes when he kissed her. Thank God. (laughs) It bothers me so much. So then we go to the night portion, the dinner portion, and this is kind of where we get into the more of the meat of the conversation between the two of them. Um, we learn that Michelle is a teacher, which Matt obviously founded ABC Food Tours. So working with kids is something that he's clearly very passionate about. They start talking about the pandemic, teaching remotely, and she expresses that it's been hard for her between the pandemic and supporting her students of color through all of the Black Lives Matter matter protests and everything that happened with george floyd and from what i understand uh it's in the the suites the fantasy suites when they start to talk about more about religion and and, um politics when the cameras are on them so it seems that we're getting a little bit more of that which is awesome and i'd like to think that there was more um substance or not substance but she she spoke more about that issue um with their students and talking about that sort of thing but it it maybe just didn't make it I, i just like to think so Yeah, I'm sure that conversation went more in depth because Matt James during May and June during the protest was very vocal on social media, voicing his support of all of it. And so I'm sure that that conversation went on for a lot longer than we got to see. Yeah, I just wish that they had aired more because it was very meaningful, but I appreciated that she brought it up. Emily, we had to see more of Anna calling Brittany a whore. We didn't have time to have a conversation about racial justice in this country. God forbid we didn't see 87 previews of Anna going, she's an escort. More teeth. She's an escort. I'm like, I don't need to see any more of this. I want to hear about the good stuff. I want to hear about the deep things. I want to hear about these people. And instead you don't get to know anybody and you get a 35 second group date earlier in the episode. And then you get like this little tidbit here. And then you get 87% of the episode is Anna talking about how this girl's an ex- escort who's not even a sex worker and she's just shaming sex workers for no reason. So basically the date kind of wraps up uh, with very sweet them bonding over, she quotes Maya Angelou and he says, oh, Maya Angelou. And she says, oh, you know it. So sweet. We love to see it. Um, they bond over quoting Maya Angelou. And then she obviously gets the rose. She was always going to get the rose. He's obsessed with her. And then straight out of Greece, they get into the back of an old car just to make out. Nobody's driving the car. It's not going anywhere. They just get into the car to make out. They don't even get to watch a drive-in movie for it. I think Matt said, I feel like I'm back in high school. And I'm like, what were you doing in high school, dude? <laughs> then that's the end of her her date. She gets the rose as we knew she would. And then we go to the second group date of the episode, which is Katie, Piper, Serena P, Rachel, Kit, Chelsea, Jasenia, Lauren, Serena C, and MJ. Before the date kicks off, we see Brittany talking to Katie about the rumors about her, which Brittany has only been there for two fucking days, and she knows that Katie is a down bitch. Brittany's immediate trust of Katie lets me know that I can trust Brittany. I wrote that down. Like she's talking to Katie one on one. She knows. She knows who the homie is. She knows who her girls are. She knows knows who's going to support her because Katie is literally the only person who is ever nice to anybody. 
in this house. So then we're going into the second group date of the episode. We get B-roll of Matt chopping wood without a shirt on of him doing squats with an entire tree trunk. <laughs> I laughed so hard about that. I was like, dude, you know that weighs like 45 pounds. Come on now. Next time I see Jake lift, it better be an entire oak tree. So we get all this B-roll of Matt uh, working out without a shirt on, but only with things found in the woods. I somehow sense that the Nema colon has a gym. I don't think he needs to work out in the woods, but that's what he's doing. Then the girls get there and he says it's time to fight for love or whatever. And he introduces a world boxing champion, Mia St. John. And they do one of those uh, typical bachelor things where they make the lead say it like it's the most exciting thing ever, even though None of the girls know who Mia St. John is. Matt James probably didn't know who she was five seconds prior to meeting her. We don't know who she is. And they say it like it's like, they say it like they're introducing like John Bon Jovi. So yeah, she comes in and she's like, let's fight. And they always fucking, I mean, this is just the classic bachelor recycle. Uh, <laughs> classic bachelor recycle which is that they do the same date that they always do every single year every single time and it never goes well and then they keep doing it anyway because who cares and they were like we're gonna do boxing and everyone's like okay but you always do wrestling or boxing and someone gets hurt and like it doesn't really always go well and the bachelor was like no 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 boxing <laughs> <laughs> so so they did boxing that's what they did. Like literally every season there's a fighting date and they think it's going to go great. And then someone takes it too far and they're like, I never expected it would go like this. And it's like, well, it's gone like this every time we've ever done it. <laughs> so I don't it wasn't that the date last season where what's his face hopped the fence to get involved or something? Or was that a different kind of date? Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah Noah. Oh my it God. was the same thing. And, and to be fair on that one, nobody got injured, but Ed did say that he already had a previous injury. So yeah, but Ed sucks. We don't care about it. But like, but like, okay, don't talk shit about Ed, please. They did a fight date on Ashley Abair's season, which was, oh, nine or 10 years ago. And someone ended up in the hospital. And you would think like nine years ago, they're watching this like, okay, maybe we should like not do like serious fight dates anymore because people get hurt. No, every season they're like, they had the pillow fight date in Peter's season. They did the wrestling date last season with Tasha. Like they constantly are doing this. They never learn. They never learn. That's one thing about this franchise. Uh, before the date starts, Chris Harrison introduces Wells, who's going to guest judge it, except we never hear him say anything. We never see him do anything. And he's my favorite man on earth. So that was really crippling for me. I think they said his name and I was like, who? And they showed him for like two takes. And I was like, uh, okay, cool. I, I don't know who you are. <laughs> It was again just like, oh, no, we can't show Wells. I'm so sorry. There's too much of Anna slut shaming that we have to show <laughs> instead. I think the scariest part of this date for me wouldn't necessarily be the boxing. It would be um, having to wear those high-waisted boxer briefs and a sports bra on national television and all of my bronzer coming off on the black helmet. Those would have been the, the most traumatic things what to a me. Waste, what a waste of good makeup. <laughs> See, this is a man who's thinking. <laughs> It covered all their highlights. I know. I was like, I can't see nothing. So then they cancel the date early because the girls, I mean, they do get a little bit out of control. There's like throat punches happening and it's very wild for absolutely no reason. Katie beat some ass. I just want to say that. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and I didn't like it. I was like, Katie, no. I was kind of proud of her. I was like, she has a lot of pent up shit right now. I was like, just fucking. I would have been proud of her if she was fighting like Victoria, but like Jasenia is a sweet little buttercup. Like she doesn't deserve to be fought. I was hoping Kit 
would get like beat up just a little bit, just a tiny bit. Well, she weighs like, and I am not weight shaming anybody like at all, but Kit is like a very tiny person. So I was like, who are they going to have her fight? <laughs> like she's, she could blow away in a high wind. <laughs> like who is going to fight her? Well, basically they end the date early because they were like surprised someone got hurt. Then we cut back to the house and we see the absolute worst thing that we could possibly see in this episode. And that is Anna and Victoria sitting on the couch, having a silly goose gal pal time. And the thing that kills me about Anna, I'm not trying to give Anna any more credit than she's due because she was horrible this episode and, and absolutely deserves the criticism that she will get. That being said, I feel like Anna is not at heart a bad person. I think this environment has brought out very bad colors in Anna. And I think this like new friendship with Victoria is only making it worse. I think that hanging out and just hearing Victoria talk and be so toxic mixed with these new girls worrying Anna so much is what's bringing out the worst in her. And I started realizing that towards the end of the episode. Candidly, she did annoy me from episode one, but that was merely because on episode one, I make very, very quick first impressions about people because there's so many people. So I'm always like, okay, I have to look for people that I don't like. And so I immediately didn't like her vibe, but it wasn't because I thought she was like a mean girl. I was just kind of like, oh, I don't know. You remind me a lot of Hannah Brown and I like Hannah Brown, but like, do we need another Hannah Brown? Who's to say? But I think she's just given into like the poison that is Victoria and the poison that is this environment. It's really easy to shit on other girls when you're a girl in this house because you're trying to get ahead, you're trying to come up with any flaw you can for anybody else that's not you because you want to ultimately be the person who gets engaged at the end of this. We go to the dinner portion of the group date that the two of them are not on. It was only quote OGs on this group date. None of the new girls were on the group date, which gave all of the quote OGs the opportunity to sit around and talk shit. Everybody gets like this, right? Like when you're with people that are talking shit, it motivates you to talk shit, even if you're not necessarily a toxic person, like you just kind of feed off of other people. So it's just pack mentality. They're all like one person brought up the new girls and then they just started feeding off of each other and it was just this like constant barrage of the new girls and it keeps panning to Katie and she's silent and then eventually she tells them that like to stop like at some point like it's not these girls fault that they got brought in late and at some point like we can either keep being like this and everybody's going to be miserable or we can just welcome them in because, and she's right. Like what is them being mean to the girls going to do for them with Matt? And what do they think that they're going to gain from this? It's not going to make the guy like you more. If you're like the mean girl in the house and he finds out about that, he's not going to be like, oh, what a hero. But we don't see Brie doing this, Abigail, Rachel, not really Chelsea. We haven't seen do this. We've seen Michelle defend herself, but we haven't seen Michelle really be mean. Like, we haven't seen any of the girls that we really think will go far just based on our um, bias and our personal preference. None of them are being nasty and rude. It's all these girls who we kind of know are not going to make it very much farther. They're grasping at straws and we say it a lot. Like if you're in seventh place, don't drag down the eighth place person. Like none of you are winning. So just shut up. And that's why the people that are front runners are quiet. We see Abigail quiet. We see Serena quiet. We see Rachel quiet. And it's because they know that they're in a good position with Matt. So why are they going to fuck it up by being assholes? 
you don't gain anything by being mean to these people who didn't have a say in when they came on the show. So the episode ends with Katie, basically after she kind of reprimands the girls for being assholes, she gets up and she goes to tell Matt about it. And at first I got really nervous for Katie because as we've talked about on this podcast, it never looks good to be the person that goes to the lead and rats people out. That being said, Katie did it in the best way because the other people that do it make the mistake of like singling one person out and and it just looks petty and like they're trying to sabotage relationships versus Katie went and she talked about the general mood of the house the rumors that were being started. She didn't say, oh, Anna's a bitch and is doing this and Victoria sucks and is doing this. She went to him with a very general problem and didn't single anybody out. Uh, To be also completely honest, we have seen with Matt, he doesn't seem to be as receptive to this as other people in past seasons when a girl comes to them and are like, this person's pissing me off. And then they question the girl who's talking to them because Victoria did this with Marilyn and Matt sent Marilyn home. So absolutely everything you said, because Katie 100% handled this with grace and excellence and she's perfect and a queen and we worship the ground she walks on. But at the same time, Matt is not as receptive to these kind of actions as other bachelors we've seen who have been on the show before and kind of know, oh, if they're snitching, they're probably also guilty. I became a little afraid for Katie because of the Maryland situation that happened. Like you guys said, she she came, she did it the best way possible. And I, I don't believe that um, she's going to suffer any repercussions next week because of it. I'm hoping. I don't think so either. And I think the thing about Katie too, like I said, she did it in such a respectful way. And what I like about Katie is she basically went out there and said to Matt, you're the lead step up, address it. And she said exactly what we were saying before about how if Matt said to the girls like, hey, give me five more minutes, they would listen. Katie basically says, the girls are not gonna listen to me anymore when I tell them to stop doing this. But if you tell them to stop doing it, they might stop. If Matt actually does anything about it, I doubt it, but we'll see. I feel like he has to. I think because he was so confronted, he will do something, but will it be enough? That's the question. And what will it be? Because we see in the preview for next week, a lot of rivalries forming. We see more drama. We see more like kind of hatred between the new girls and the older girls. And just what is it going to be that's going to make them stop or stop, quote unquote, or is it going to be just kind of causing more turmoil? I'll say one thing. I don't want, I don't want to see Slaughter Whore being like slung around or, or talks of, of uh, Brittany being an escort. It's old. It's just it's just a tired thing to talk about at this point. Just... It was, it's been tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are shouting out a very talented graphic designer this week, my friend Megan Milano. Her Instagram page is Megmill Design, and she makes the cutest custom prints for any occasion. They would make a perfect Valentine's Day gift if that is something that you are looking for. She has made me so, so many. I've given them as gifts to my parents for their anniversary, for their birthdays, and I love them all. They are so adorable. Please go check her out on Instagram at Megmill Design. That is M E G M I L Design.
we got a lot of shit to cover in a short amount of time in the gossip section. I might save, I have some of it written down about current season contestants, but I might save that for next week just so we can get through the Clarendale of it all. I mean, it's hard to know if we'll have time next week because these episodes are just like horrible all the time, but we'll see. So, okay. So we'll get into the mess that was this week in Bachelor Nation. Claire and Dale, as we've known, this has been nothing but mess since the moment started, but literally seconds after Emily and I recorded last week, the Claire and Dale shit started. And it started with Dale posting a statement on Instagram saying that he and Claire were broken up. It was a very like my publicist wrote this kind of statement and it was weird and whatever, but we hadn't heard anything from Claire. And usually when Bachelor people break up, they release the exact same statement at the exact same time. Like they literally time their posts and post at the same time. Even like years after people get divorced and they still do that. Like that's very much the way that it goes every time. So Dale posts this, this statement first to his story then to his grid and it was this messy breakup statement that he signed like that his signature was on the bottom of for no reason it was so weird I was like okay is it a fucking lease for an apartment like why are you signing it you weirdo then like two days pass and Claire posts a statement to her Instagram totally different than Dale's she basically says she found out that her and Dale were broken up when Dale posted his statement. It was Claire's perception of events that they were taking some time apart and she did not know that they were actually broken up until she saw it on Dale's Instagram. So that is mess. So basically before Claire posted her statement, she was totally MIA and then she posts this and basically Dale for the last two days has just been on his Instagram and his Twitter asking how is everyone what are good recommendations for food in new york i'm in new york look at this is the street i'm on i mean he's just chilling having a silly goose time and she's totally mia we have no idea what's going on we're like claire are you actually broken up like what is happening here so claire posts her statement and then it comes out that dale had been cheating on Claire during the duration of their engagement, which Emily and I talked about on, I think like one of our first podcast episodes that he had been seen at a restaurant in New York with a woman and kissing. And the the person who saw them DM'd Claire on Instagram and told her and Claire was like, haha, okay, thanks. And did nothing about it. And now we come to find out that allegedly that is true, that he had been cheating on her. So that's just, I mean, this is just taking the mess and then dumping garbage on it. It's like a classic where they're like, but sources say that's not true. And I'm like, okay, well, the source that we saw that Kayla saw on Instagram has a picture of it. She said it's true and I believe her. I believe a stranger on the internet. Yeah, basically everyone is like, (laughs) yeah, he cheated on her and we're like, what? And Claire's like, I don't know what's happening. And Dale's like, I'm happy. I'm sorry for being happy. I'm really hurting. And then we get to today. Yeah, yeah. So we're recording on Monday. We record after the episode. So this happened today for us. Dale gets on his Instagram story. And if you listen to this episode at some point on Tuesday, it might even still be there. (laughs) But this has been really hard for him too. And he goes into this whole big thing about how he like, he has so much love and respect for Claire. He would have loved to make a relationship work. Like all of the stupid shit that I didn't care about. I actually gave a lot of thought to this this week. This lived rent-free in my brain all week when I was supposed to be working. Did we know that this was going to happen? Of course we did. She left with him after two weeks on the show. Of course this was going to happen. But at the same time, and maybe I'm alone in this, I really do feel bad for Claire. Yes, I feel horrible for her. 
because like you said, it was the most predictable thing ever. It happened and we were like, pretends to be shocked but at the same time it's like you really I, I I knew it would end but you really didn't want it to end because it's like Claire like really went into this thinking this was it and you just feel for her because I think Dale turned out to be exactly what we say about so many of these contestants which is just like a thirst monster and he wanted the attention and he liked the idea of her and then he was like well I don't want to leave New York and you're in Sacramento and it's not gonna work out I don't even watch the show. And when I was listening to the podcast and heard she ran off with this dude after like, what, two weeks? Yeah. It was like, that's not going to end well. Dale's like, like any relationship, we had our ups and downs. I'm like, this show shot in like August. You were together for like four months. Like, what do you mean? You had many great, you lived, you were a bi-coastal relationship for four months. I've had hookup relationships longer than that. Oh yeah. I've had many men who said that they refused to date me longer than that. We have many better, a lot of better <laughs> memories than I bet they have together. Cause I didn't run away with them after two weeks. You know what, Claire, this man only refused to marry you for four months. I've had men refuse to date me for years. For, for once in our lives, we actually will hold to the statement not to shit on Claire and we will not shit on Claire. We will totally shit on Dale because what the fuck? I think the biggest justice that we can serve Claire as Bachelor Nation, and I hope that producers are already on top of this, I think the biggest justice that can be served to Claire is not giving Dale any more screen time in Bachelor Nation. Do not put him on Paradise. Do not put it, like, because that's what he wants. He wants to go on Paradise. You know he went on The Bachelorette being like, oh, I'll be on Paradise this summer. And then he got fucked because Claire picked him. So... Like, don't put him on paradise. Don't give him any more screen time. I don't ever want to see Dale on my TV again. And that will be the biggest justice that we can serve to Claire. So that's the end of the Dale and Claire saga as of now. That all happened in the last week. So who knows what could happen by next Monday when we record. Stay tuned. The last thing that happened totally got overshadowed by the Claire and Dale drama. But I want to bring it up because I'm the only person that I feel is affected. On the absolute vomit-inducing, horrible spinoff of The Bachelor that aired during lockdown called Bachelor Listen to Your Heart. The one positive thing we got from it was Chris and Brie. They were so freaking cute and I loved them and now they're broken up. And it was honestly the best time if you were a couple in Bachelor Nation to put out a breakup statement because you got overshadowed by Clarendale. And so while people like us who watch Listen to Your Heart, all 12 of us, are devastated by this. Like, normal people were not turning heads about this news, but we are devastated. And I'm also very nervous that Chris and Brie will be on a date um, this season because they like to bring them back to sing on dates. And I will not be able to stomach it if that's the case. So when they did Lover together by Taylor Swift, oh my God, murder me, bury me in it. Ah, so good. Anyway, that's, that's all she wrote. And there's a lot of uh, contestant drama that we won't get into. Hopefully there will be less Bachelor Nation news next week so that we can get into more of the contestant drama just based on their personal lives because, you know, people love to dig. Um, but this is all we have, yeah, for the Bachelor Nation news of it all. And you'll have to wait till next week to hear about why all these contestants are fucking terrible. Garbage. Trash. That's, that's Jake's closing statement. So anyways, uh, that's our show, folks. This is super important because... I'll find you if you don't. Please go leave us a review. And if it's not a nice review, they'll delete it. <laughs> Emily's out of a job. Jake just took her last line. 